everybody. Welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. Of course, Big Ron Partlow, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally. Got all the guys here. Remember, Mutant supporting us big time. So go to immutant.com and use your code Dusty20 or Big Ron20. And also the Patreon for Think Big Bodybuilding Network. Much appreciated for everyone that hits the Patreon. Much. So go to the go to the Patreon link, support Think Big, and uh, we appreciate it, everyone. And remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Yes. There we go. Yes. Look at that. Watch, See watch, watch it. Boom. The yeah. graphics always there, but now I can integrate it. I don't have to put it in post production. So as we go, I didn't know it was yes. there because I don't yes. ever watch the show. So that was good. <laughs> I, feel right now. I just want to say too, uh, I look at our fancy little uh, kind of makes us look a little different than the other podcasts. I like that. Little, I, yeah. We're leveling up in boxes. I also have to point out Ron's amazing new camera. Look at yeah. look at his skin. He's hey, got look a little flawless flawed. skin. You look good. Yeah, you look good. Yeah. I've got a Logitech. It's got 4K. Yeah, that's a good one. I, need, I don't know if I need that, but if I want to zoom in on something, I can. Yeah. Home porn. Know. Home porn. Home porn. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. Dusty's like, yeah, you're going to want It's about 10 feet away from the screen. You're going to want to yeah. zoom in. Yeah. I don't use it for the show, but for home porn, I definitely have that camera. I've got three of them. Yeah. <laughs> you already knew this guy. I told you that story. Interesting. Because they're live streaming every night. Yeah. It's all about the angles. It's angles or everything. Come hang so, out with us. <laughs> okay. Dusty's like nervously laughing because I'm a little too close to home. <laughs> hey, hey, unless you're going to actually put the link up, you shut your mouth. You know? <laughs> I need We're money. on my three cams. Um, okay. So what are we starting off the show with, guys? We're talking about, are we talking about bodybuilding myths? What are we talking about, Scott? Yeah, I, I think that was it. We were, you know, we were all going to try to come up with one bodybuilding myth something that we maybe believed in the past or something that that people generally believe you know maybe in something that because i know that there's even things like a decade ago that i would have held true to like you know a simple one might be like you got to have whey protein isolate after you train you got it because it's got to get in there quick and then Mm -hmm. and then from there we got like the hydrolyzed whey which was even faster and more expensive you know and 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 fast yeah, and now we realize that you know, as long as you get the protein in, there's no, there's no like one hour window, and after that, yeah. you've lost anabolic all your muscle. Anabolic window. Yes, the anabolic window. So that was one. That's um, a huge. That's a huge. That's a huge thing, Scott. Is uh, overthinking the timing of proteins. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I thought that would be just a place to uh, to get started, but I was curious to hear what you guys might have to add to this topic, and who knows, we might even. Uh, educate somebody who still thinks yeah. that one of these things is true, right? Well, the thing with the protein one is people have to remember that, um, you know, like let's say you eat eight ounces of steak. Yeah. That steak takes like, you know, what? I mean, eight to 12 hours, hours to yes. actually be fully, <laughs> completely digested and absorbed. So you have amino acids dripping into your bloodstream from that steak for hours and hours and hours. So let's say you eat a steak at four o'clock PM and then you go train chest at six and you're done your chest workout at seven. You aren't like without aminos in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of protein still in your blood. You ate a steak like three, four hours before that. It's still absorbing. Um, 
obviously you want to put some more aminos in because you want to you know keep feeding the machine but this urgency like there's some kind of emergency that your bloodstream has no protein in it isn't exactly how your body works there's a lot more overlap than that and people people forget about all that that overlap and it's in everything there's a lot of overlap that people don't think of they want to define things and put them in rigid categories like post-workout meal pre-workout meal these meals have to be this way but it's it's really a lot it's a lot more blended than that you know what if i can add one thing to that it got me like instantly as you're saying that and maybe it's because i'm on my third cup of coffee but my brain's moving real quick you know and i started thinking that we went to the extreme or people went to the extreme and then they're like well it it you know it doesn't matter so you don't it's a myth that you need six seven meals a day you can really do it in two or three but the reality is is that for me to grow muscle I'm like, you know, if we're looking at like somatotypes, I'm like a, an ectomorph. And for me to get all the food in I would need in three muscles, it would be like a, a mega feast. So, you know, could you get away with doing three meals, you know, and still be able to grow muscle? I, I think you could if if it makes sense. Like, does it logically make sense to eat that much at once? Am I eating, you know, 14 ounces of chicken, 16 ounces of chicken per meal? you know, four cups of rice and right. whatever else. Yeah. The the meal frequency thing for a lot of people just comes down to like volume of food. You're just trying to manage volume of food. You know, the really big guys that are eating six, seven meals, that's just, they're just trying to manage meals. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, I mean, I have lots of people that I have them on five meals and like I've given people a five meal diet and they're like, oh, I thought there'd be six. Like, Don't we have to eat six? And I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's a 140 pound female. Right. And if I break her food into six meals, her meals are just tiny. Two ounces. Right. Like, two ounces. Yeah. yeah. So maybe she has four meals and a shake and then she's got a little bit more substance to her. You know, she's actually having like, you know, one and a half chicken breasts with a cup of rice and some veggies for a meal instead of like some fractional little feeding of something right. that's not going to satisfy anybody. Right. So size of meals makes a difference. Like, you have to be sati- satiated after your meal. You know, you can't have a meal that's so small that there's no end to the hunger trigger. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's be enough food there to like do something. Yeah, I feel like the the, the majority of the myths that I've run into, um, it, it's I don't even like. For example, uh, I think another myth is uh, is is the giant fear. Uh, like there's a line between overtraining ah. and, you know, and uh, and what I find like and I find understimulating, hmm. you know, in the gym. So it's like I know like when I was a kid and I got started, I know we've had this conversation before. I used to go to the gym and I'd be like, I'm not going to leave until I puke <laughs> right, or right. like or or you know what I mean? Like there was there was no rhyme or reason. It just went in the gym. and I was like, I don't know how to train like. Uh, I didn't know how to train intensely yet, so I trained hard, if yeah. that makes sense. Right, right. <laughs> so it was like just balls to the wall on as many things as I could, and then I would leave because there there wasn't enough intensity to you know to make that overtraining, so to speak. So like I think actual, that, um, you mean actual yeah. inside the muscle intensity. Yes, and that's yeah. where people don't get it. It's like it, I write programs every day that I would never have done in my prime because it would have been too much. You know, so I find that overtraining is something that's 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 it's not a myth, but it's just overused 
because most guys don't train hard enough in their individual sets for overtraining to ever be a problem. Yeah. Uh, or, or as Lee Priest used to say, you can't overtrain unless you undereat. Right. <laughs> right. I also think people forget that overtraining is not a, like a, a thing that just happens to you today. Like, it's right. not yeah. like, oh, I did too many sets of quads, so therefore they're not going to grow. That's not how your body works. It's like a systemic thing over time. You know, you slowly mm -hmm. get behind on recovery. You slowly get a little more, you know, backed up, I guess, on the amount of workload you're pumping in. And then you eventually get to a point where you're in a state of overtraining. Right. But it's not something that, like, happens today, you know? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. You have to, like... You have to like overdo it for a while to get into that like true state of overtraining. And, you know, obviously if someone's dieting really hard, their overtraining threshold is going to be different because their calories are so much lower and their recovery is going to be slower. And there's so many factors, but, but yeah, you don't have to worry about it today. You're not going to like shrink if you do one extra set of squats, like you'll be fine. What's but funny yeah. is it's something we all have to learn. And I remember, so when Brandon Curry was really coming up, when he, when he, I mean, he'd always been around, always doing well. Like he'd won, you know, like Arnold uh, South America or something before that. But, you know, when he won the Arnold USA and then he won the Olympia, like he was on fire at that time. Right. And mm -hmm. when I had talked to him, we, I asked him, I was like, man, what really changed? You know, what, what changed to help you get so good because you're good before, but now you're really good. And he said, you know, I had always listened to the podcast and listened to a lot of education, and I was always afraid of overtraining. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and then, and I said, what was different about oxygen? That was a big part of it. He said, and then I, you know, trained at oxygen. I realized that with my genetics, I don't have to worry about that. You know, <laughs> there's the key with my genetics. I think yeah. that that's a, yeah, th that's a, that's a key line that I don't know that, um, Sometimes I don't think the elite understand, Scott. Yeah. So, like, I, I was talking to Drea one time. Okay. And uh, and she was saying, you know, we, we were talking about the uh, the drugs in female bodybuilding. Yeah. Or I should say, let me rephrase so I'm not putting words on. I was talking about right, drugs right. in female bodybuilding. Of course. And she's, but it was funny because she said, yeah, I don't know why they, why so many women do that. <laughs> and I thought in the back of my head, because they're trying to catch you who doesn't have to. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's a tricky spot that people don't think of that the genetics, like, of course, the assumption is that, well, if if this guy is this big and Ronnie Coleman is one and a half his time, so he must be taking more drugs. I'm like, I'm not saying he doesn't. I don't know. Right. But I wouldn't bet on it. Like, yeah, I bet you yeah. he's taking the same or less and he just responds better. You know, yeah. that's but where people really that we know that have really good genetics and we personally know what they've done, it would hurt people's feelings. There oh, would yeah. be a lot of hurt feelings with some of the doses <laughs> that we are privy to and actually aware of. Yeah. 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 I and, and that's where I think then that doesn't mean that, you know, other people, people with less genetics, like you guys are definitely genetic superior, genetically superior to me. I'm obviously I, I'm better than other people in the world. There's, you know, there's all sorts of levels, yeah, right? There's steps, yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't still grow. You know what I mean? It's just, and that's where I really started coming into figuring out um, frequency, you know, getting mm -hmm. as much as I can out of a smaller amount of training so that I could get out, recover, and then 
get that trigger again, you know? And it, right. I mean, yep. it's so basic, but it all goes back to me now. At this point, it's like my whole my whole world of bodybuilding has come full circle. Like initially, it was about training, and then it was about the food, and then it was about the drugs, and now it's and then it went really hard into the food, and now I'm back to the training because I realize like that is the foundation of it all. You, the, the trigger that you get, that's what allows you to grow, and the more frequently you can get that trigger and recover, you know, the better you're going to be able to do. So yeah, you just, other you people just like, nailed something that I think yeah. is key is the. Very rarely in my entire career of helping people, watching people, is volume increasing the answer. Hmm. But on the same sentence, in many, many times, frequency increasing has been the answer. Oh, yeah. I could see you that. Know, I've seen it in you're my not, own life. You know, it's, you're, you're making sure there's enough time to rest on low sets, but you're trying to get back to doing it again as soon as possible. The idea... You know, the principle behind DC training is if most people are training everything 52 times a year, well, what if you're training at X amount more? That means yeah. you're having more chances to grow on paper, like in the most simple mindset, it, it makes sense. And I feel like that's where things work the best is in general, if you can step back, being a newbie is sometimes safe because you can just make it really basic. Well, if I do it more often, with a little less volume, right. wouldn't that mean I have more chances? Yeah. Possibly. Right. I mean, that's how Kobe Bryant made a career. He did the simple math of if I do my first workout at 4 in the morning and my last one at 10 p.m., I will get two more workouts per day than everyone I compete against. And over time, I will be better than them. Huh. Right, right. And he was. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's uh, frequency has always been like, <clears throat> the thing that I wrestled with because I lacked the skill of being good at backing off my volume enough to make frequency increases work properly. Does that make sense? Of course. Yes. Like, absolutely. I, absolutely. I, for sure. I tried to train things twice a week a few times and I didn't like, I didn't get better. I, I managed to like, you know, keep my strength through a prep and like look good. But after I analyzed the amount of extra work I did training everything twice a week, I didn't look better. And yeah, you just wasted it's more not time. That I, yeah. And I, and I didn't, but, but I didn't, I didn't approach it from the point of view, like, Oh, well that doesn't work. I, I approach it from the point of view as, ah, I didn't quite get that right. I didn't figure right. that out. Yeah. I was doing, yeah. I was still doing too many sets for each workout. And you know, so it didn't make it didn't make me better. I could have trained everything once a week and been just as good at that show because, you know, how I looked the year before versus how I looked that year. It wasn't it wasn't better. I didn't improve any body parts or anything like it was it was one of those things. So I just felt like I never really figured out the volume thing. And I think about this program I did when I was in high school once. It was called like the Bulgarian Power Burst. It was like out of Muscle Mag, you know, it was one of those programs you ordered out of Muscle Mag. Like Leo, Leo Costas and Tom Platts were involved, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and, and I remember the volume, the frequency was high. It was like everything three times a week, but mm -hmm. the volume was literally like two work sets. No yeah. kidding. Right. And I, I, I look back to that program I did in high school and I'm like, I wonder if I, I wonder if that program would, would work better for me had I, understood like 
how to get the most out of a set and understood everything oh, a little sure. bit better. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, cause you know, my, my, my two working sets in high school were probably a little sloppier and more reckless and you know, that sort of thing. So I, I sometimes think about that program and maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I should have tried that. And then I listened to, to, you know, I listened to um, Scott talk about fortitude training. Yeah. Right. And, and his frequency is fairly high on that stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's like full body. Um, you know, like a, it'll be like a, a, a heavy upper body pump, lower body in the same. Right. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, I think that's kind of interesting to me, but I, I never tried it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm still open to like, you know, some people think, oh, you industrial progressive overload zealots. Right. Zealots. <laughs> I've heard that. And I'm like, no, no, it's just I tried everything. Yeah. And that's the only thing that like, like progressive overload worked for me. Like I. I, and, and whether or not you think it worked well or not is, is up for argument. But like when I trained that way, I saw strength increases. When I trained that way, the scale moved. When I trained that way, people told me I was looking huge. When I trained out, you know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. a reason why I kept gravitating back to that Dorian style training. Cause every time I settled into a good groove, I would be like, this is, this is working to a degree. I mean, right. you know, maybe there would have been something that worked better, but I just never figured out another way to train. I tried and didn't, you know, it's like, I did high volume for like two years straight at one point in the middle of all this. And it's not like everyone was like, what's going on, dude, you're way bigger. Nothing. Yeah. I think that didn't happen. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is, you know? Yeah. The, the answer is, is person to person, right? Like, I feel like that's where things get tricky in bodybuilding. Like you said, especially when people assume you're, your focus is one way. Yeah. I gravitated towards DC because A, I saw people who were built like me doing it. I mean, structurally mm. and, and really changing. And I was like, okay, well, structurally, I look like them. So if I train like that and I'm mentally, I have the ability to do that, this is good. And right. all kidding aside, even though it's going to sound like a joke, I needed a scoreboard. Like when I played sports, there was a scoreboard. You ended the day with a win or a loss, and the logbook was my scoreboard. I've always right. hated anything that is up in the air. Like if I said, oh, how is X? They're like, it's good. I'm like, what does that mean? Sorry. Yeah. Like, how good? Like, right. What does it mean good? Whereas if somebody said, how was your workout? I said, it was the best chest work I've ever had in my entire life today. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. Because you know it's on I mean? paper. I got yeah. because more according than to time. these numbers. Yeah. And my, you know, and, and the way I perform the reps, yeah. this is literally my best workout of my entire life. That right. was good for me. And on the flip, if I didn't have a good day, you could never be like, well, but I think I got a good pump. You know, bro, I think it was pretty solid. I was All like, right. today sucked. <laughs> so listen, we've got so much stuff here, guys. I have to tell you, Dusty came prepared today. I am, this is my, you guys can't see this, but there's this list. Ron has the list. We have a list. Yes. Like Dusty made a list of, of of objectives for us, Ron. Did you know that? I did. You know the I best saw part is, is you thought... credited me for four thirty in the morning. Yeah, and I actually did them and hit send while I was eating oh. a meal. So well, you you asked <laughs> Dusty messaged at four thirty in the morning. I wake up, I look at my phone, and our group text says, "Do we have any topics that you guys are thinking of yet?" Four thirty in the morning. This is on his mind. What about this one though? I like this with all the information at our fingertips. Do you think that some, especially beginners, are overcomplicating the process? And that, I think, oh. especially goes for like our followers. 
Because if you're watching mm-hmm. the, these shows, like you just love, part of it is that we love learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so much you can learn. Yeah, which is great, right? That's in itself is cool. I, I think that that's the basis of uh, a lot of what we talk about on this show is, you know, there's so many fancy words out there and so many fancy principles to grasp and there's so many posts coming through our feed saying you know optimal sleep patterns are found when you know (laughs) this happens and this happens and this happens and so you get people that are like you know just you know i'm obviously joking but you know they're like taking out their digital blood amino acid tester and you know and you know giving themselves liver biopsies before bed to make sure that their (laughs) livers are performing optimally and hooking themselves up to, you know, heart monitors, you know, every, every night to make sure their sleeping is perfect. And you know, you know what I'm saying? I just, I I feel like it really does come down to like that joke we made on the air a little while ago about the bottle of tests and a Costco membership. It's all you need. And, and, and like, I, I really also too, um, I'm a big believer in like, you know, there's 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 what's perfect and optimal and all that but there's also something to to be said as an athlete or anyone who's just trying to like build a business or you're just trying to accomplish a goal there's something to be said about keeping your mind clutter free Mm -hmm. like like the more cluttered you are the more like just think of it as like being in like a cluttered room that has toys all over the floor and stuff and the doorbell rings you got to get to the door. You got to step around all this stuff. You know, I feel like that's how people get through their day is yeah. just stepping around toys and over garbage and moving stuff out of the way. And there might be a pile of books there that are really good books, but they're in the way. You got to move them out of the way to get, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, the knowledge might be fantastic stuff, but it's clutter for you, for you specifically. Like it's clutter. It's clutter. It's not necessary at this point in time and i just feel like that that's where a lot of people are right now there's just so Mm -hmm. much clutter in their head and then that just doesn't doesn't just go for bodybuilding it it's like we're talking about anxiety levels in people now and how everyone's so stressed out because they're being bombarded with too much stuff on their phone and all that that's all clutter too like we're doing this we're doing this in a really big way to ourselves and and it's this is just one of the the results is people just having too much going on in their heads what do you think scott yeah i i totally agree with that and you know and sometimes i see it and sometimes you know it's i see well i see it in the education cuz there are there's a lot of fun stuff you can learn that you don't necessarily need and that's okay like that's great um mm-hmm. But just you have to also know how to put that in into perspective. And, you know, I used to think that training had to be the certain way. And I remember somebody asked me, like, hey, how do, how do I really get focused to go in the gym and train? And I really thought about it. And I kind of wrote up this little script almost of like what my experience is like getting into the gym, you know, and getting mm-hmm. ready for a workout. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I, you know, because as you could imagine, like I really got into it, the little details. (laughs) You know. And and I showed it to Scott Stevenson. And I was like, hey, I was thinking I could save this and send it to other clients that, you know, wanted to figure out how to get their intensity up and stuff and, and how to focus. And he said, well, you know, yeah, it's okay. I was like, it's okay. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) This is what you do. This is what you do. (laughs) 
And he said, Did you see well, step three? Turn yeah. up the music. <laughs> He's like, it, it's good if that's the way you like to train. I was like, huh, okay. Yeah. So so I guess the thing is, is that this, you know, if, if you don't like training that way, then it's not going to be fun. And if it's not going to be fun, then it's not going to be the workout for you. Like as awesome as, say, DC training is, awesome as progressive overload is, if it absolutely terrifies you and you're not going to have fun with your workout and you can't get your head around it, it's not the workout for you right now. doesn't mean that's always going to be the case. And I can remember... Mm-hmm having pre-workout ceremonies that would take an hour and I just get overwhelmed with it. Like, well, shit. Okay. So I got to take, I got to eat this meal and then I got to take the uh, insulin. And then after that, I have to get these shakes together and put these different powders <laughs> in and then, okay. And I got to get that shaken up and then I got to get the growth hormone, you know, and all this stuff, it would become overwhelming and it no longer is fun. And that kind of thing that it, it was clutter at that point. Was it going to be better, you know, optimal if I were to have all those things lined up? Absolutely. Could I have done probably almost just as well without it? Absolutely. What what do you call that, Ron? Um, Like, does does it move the needle? Like, that's the, the big question mark with things you do because... I get asked that all the time, and I and when I multiply that by 100 when I'm thinking of people who are more well-known for their for their uh, schooling side of bodybuilding, because I always laugh because people be like, when do I, t- when do you take your growth hormone? And my answer is when you won't forget. Right. That's when I would take it. Like when you will never yeah. forget it is fine. Like, and I know that the, is that the correct answer? Uh, scientifically? No. Uh, and, and there's a full breakdown. Um, and it's funny because I used to tell people to take it at night because John Jewett wrote a whole thing up. And he was like, he goes, well, that's that's true. He actually messaged me. He goes, that's true as long as they're taking four IUs or less. And I go, John, I'll be honest. With you, I just want people to get it in. I don't really give a shit when they take it. They just they need to take it. Like it's not that big a deal. And I know that we're teaching them like perfection, but I feel like it's important to go back to. But are you going to the gym and slanging and banging? Because that's the magic. Like yeah. I see kids in our gym right now, and it's funny. I guess I'm just getting old. But I'm not getting old and grumpy now with all the crap going on in my life. I'm getting old and like looking back and being like, yeah, I remember that. Because these kids are coming in there and they're just blasting and they have no idea what they're doing. And I'm like, good. That's how you do it. Yeah. Do that. Right. Blast yeah. your ass off. Work as hard as you can. And eventually you'll learn the other stuff. But you've got the important part now, which is go in here and have fun and kick the crap out of yourself that's the magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I literally had a kid the other day. You'll love this, Ron. I had a kid the other day, and he almost missed on a bench. So I came over and grabbed it. And I said, hey, if I'm here, like, grab me for a set. I can spot you. Two seconds later, he's like, can I get you for a spot? So I was like, sure. <laughs> he gets a couple extra reps, you know. And I was like, man, I get a good vibe from this kid. It's 9 in the morning. I'm like, he's got to be 19 or 20 years old because it's like middle of the week. And he uh, he shoots me a, an email that day. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm the kid from the gym. I wanted to see if there's any way I could hire you to train me for a session. Oh, nice. And I was like, I can't charge this kid. Like, he's in there killing himself. And I can't yeah. train him in the gym either. So I was like, how about you just meet me for a workout this week? Cool, man. And he was like, all right. So we trained back. I had told him, I was like, I've been watching you for a minute because he trains hard. I was like, how about I make a couple adjustments to your training? Because like, he was going in there and like warming up and he'd have a, whatever, 135 on and go to failure. 
and then go up and wait. And I'm like, oh, God. Right. The, the effort is there, but the thought process isn't. You know, so we go through the whole thing, get an awesome workout. But then the big bonus that I loved was I, I have, I, I feel like De Niro. I've got a knack for picking the right guy. Because I was like, right. you know, how, how old are you anyways? And he goes, 17. I'm like, 17. Wow. Why are you at the gym at nine in the morning? He goes, ah, I graduated early. I had things to do in life. He goes, I moved out. I live on my own. I have a job. I'm like, wow. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, uh, he's like, I was like, I'm never charging you for anything. If you, want help. <laughs> like, you, you are the kid from like 1980 that somehow is pulling this off in 2023, you know? But, right. uh, but it was awesome because again, the, the thing that drew my attention was he was killing himself and he was in there by himself. I'm going to go to yeah. failure on a bench press and not ask anyone for help. I'm like, that's some dumb shit I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good topic good. though. There's because there, that is something I think that we all need to reevaluate. Even guys like us who have been doing it for a long time. I think it's important. And so it's ever since I had that conversation with Dr. Mike Miltek uh, about dopamine and about overtraining. And it really does come down to having fun. Are you having fun focused on this moment or are you worried? If you're worried, you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about what needs to happen. You're, or you're worried about the past and how things went. Like you access a completely different set of brain chemicals and it's not going to, they're not the ones that are going to help you grow, you know, and that's right. on or off gear, you know, that's stress cool. makes such a, a big negative impact on us. Yeah. That's why I don't believe it. Yeah. It's amazing what having a good time does. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What the, the one of the, the one more myth I was going to bring up. Oh yeah. See what you guys think. And it drives me insane. Don't is swear. when people say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, it's uh, it's nice and hot." We we'll get shredded. <laughs> I'm gonna go sit oh, in the sauna. I forgot about that. I he's, forgot about he's that. He's doing he's doing step mill with a sweatsuit on. He's gonna be yeah. healed. And I'm like, people, <laughs> I, that <laughs> drives works. me crazy. We have a lot of that around here. There, there's always been a lot of that around here. I tell people, I'm like, if you want to get lean faster, you should actually train in a freezer. <laughs> yeah, technically, you could actually yeah. do your cardio in a freezer with no shirt on. Right? You'd be shivering like fucking crazy. You'd burn way more calories. I don't know. How do you guys, does that bother you when people say that? Or do you it guys, does that, it doesn't do you guys bother agree? me, but it, but it makes guys me agree? laugh. No, I don't, I don't agree, but it's, I think it's one of those things where it's um, I try to file it under effort and say, okay, you're trying to make it harder, which I back. Um, right. I but, respect that. Yeah. But, but other than that, like, you know, if you get into it, like I used to train in long sleeves, but it was because I didn't want to look at myself. Mm -hmm. I learned that that was the best way for me to go to the gym and just train. Um, and I've talked about this on the show before. It started out because of JJ Marsh. I came to the gym the first time I trained with him and I had a tank top on and shorts. And he goes, tank top, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, yeah. Um, the thing is, is if you have to wear a tank top to look huge, you're not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he goes, so yeah, cover up. And when you get huge, you can't hide it. Yeah. And right, that like right, stuck right. in my that. mind. So I, 
So I started buying like long sleeve shirts to train in. But then I also noticed because when you're when you're getting into bodybuilding, I think what people don't realize is when I was young, I looked in the mirror more. But you weren't saying you looked good. You're like, oh, these delts suck. I got to work on my delts. <laughs> you, like everything you look at is how terrible you are. So I started doing that to stay covered up. Um, but then in the summer in Arizona, it wasn't an option. It was too hot. I was like, I can't wear right. a long yeah. sleeve shirt. I'm going to die. <laughs> so, you know, the hardcore was gone. But no, I agree with you, Ron. That is one of those things that you see regularly. I'd be I'd be the guy up there with a fan on the step mail if I could. I'd like to oh, yeah. clip on ones on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being hot doesn't burn more fat, guys. No. no. Being definitely hot just makes you sweat more. And it, it could take away from your performance, you know? Technically, yeah. yeah. You know, getting so sweat. Yeah, no good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might you might look crazy when you get off the step mill and drop your pants because you've sweat all the you've sweat so much and you've got the blood pump and your legs might look all crazy but that doesn't mean that they're going to look exact like an hour later after you've drank you know two liters of water to rehydrate and everything you're just going to be back to where you were before like it has nothing to do with fat loss yeah it's, i just love that about the you know, tanning bed you know how you do that you get out of the tanning bed because oh, hot. yeah you get out in your veins are just everywhere you're like, yeah oh, it's just yeah heat. Yeah, I I had done it before. My first coach told me, you know, put a hoodie on when you get on the treadmill and put another hoodie on over that. Yeah. Yeah. And and this, so Farmington Hills Powerhouse, it was, um, it was, that building was so garbage. By the end, there were so many leaks in the ceilings. You would think you were in like some sort of like post-apocalyptic movie. There's these puddles all over the floor. Literally, like that place was falling (laughs) apart. And it was world headquarters at the time. Anyway, they didn't have AC. The AC had broke, didn't get it fixed. And the whole front wall was all windows. So in the middle of summer in Michigan, the humidity is just crazy. And it might have rained yesterday. So now there's puddles on the floor too. And they're like rust puddles. They're just it's it was the worst. And I'm in there on like a step mill right in the window, just like with my hoodie on and my hoodie on over that. Just walking, oh, walking, walking, sweating, sweating, sweating. You oh. know. Yeah, you know, well, mentally, you knew you were beast mode, so that's fine. Oh, yeah, you know what? Beast mode before it was beast mode. There's something. (laughs) There is something to making something harder. You know what I mean? There is something to that. that, So yeah, I get that. Yeah, Yeah. but you know, it could it get in the way of performance? Absolutely, man. And then you go home and are you cramping and (laughs) the face is cramping up in the car on the way home. Yeah, yeah, pull the muscles out. I. uh I, I, I get that it might mentally make you think, like, I'm getting shredded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's going to beat me. I'm on yeah. that step mill with my three sweatsuits on and my garbage bags, and I'm just getting shredded. Garbage bags. Yeah. Maybe mentally, that's where that's fine. That's like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to, like, hey, I'm not going to come and disturb your zen. You know, I'm not going to come and go, excuse me. <laughs> Did you know yeah. that you're actually not making it? You're right. Not like that. You're just hotter. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to come and tell them that, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but it's just, it's just not, it's just not how the body works. If you want to burn really, more fat, you go sit on your back step and minus in below zero weather. Right. I'm really and glad shiver. that you pointed this all out. Like your, your, the last few sentences, Ron, because in this day and age, if we say anything they disagree with, we could get canceled completely. They immediately hate us because Ron hates sandwiches and hoodies and step mills. And step mills. 
Ron said you shouldn't sweat when you work out. Yeah, Ron's yeah, exactly. Gets, you're supposed to be Ron's cold. If you're not heat. cold when you workout, you're never getting shredded. Yeah, oh, that's, Canadian. that's not what I said. So I can't <laughs> remember. Said Ronnie what... Coleman was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie knows more or Ron Parlow. It's a little obvious. <laughs> we had a really good Kai listener Green question. Or Ron. Yes. We had okay. a really good listener question that I and I can't remember where I found it from. It might have been from Patreon, um, but it was somebody who I think hasn't competed because he, he had asked us, he said, hey, what happens between prejudging and the night show? Like, what do the guys, what do the guys do? What is that like? Well, at, um, I guess it's 2013 North Americans. Um, I had sex between the morning show and the night show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always should do that. Did I you agree. have to get your back. tan touched up? No, yeah, it's yeah, pretty so. good. Everything around the hips was all right. It was it was all standing. Don't worry. I didn't like, you know. <laughs> I got a story. Don't re standing. remind me. I got the a story. The visual is rough. <laughs> yeah. Went back to the night show. Looked pretty good at the evening show. I think I would have done better if I would have looked that way at the morning show. But that's just, so you, you know. Should, just should have had sex before morning is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, should have had just heard before the morning show. I know that's one thing I made an adjustment in the notes after that show. I said, you know, note should move the sex to prejudging. So, but then did you ever wonder after the next show should it be prejudging and then also before the night show? Oh, boy. well, this is probably where we're <laughs> headed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if one is good, isn't two better? Wait a minute, this is bodybuilding after all. Yeah, it's okay. I got to tell you, up the dose. Go ahead I tell you. Story. So, I worked with uh, a couple, and they were living in different cities at the time. Is, they, is this get kinky? Um, yes. I was their coach. I was not there. <laughs> okay, it's not so, a throuple thing, is it? No, they they met up at I think it was junior nationals. So they haven't seen each other for some time. They're both competing. This they isn't a, a hey, can you bang my wife scenario, is it? No, been no. there. Go ahead. <laughs> They have clients. Let's be professional. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. So anyway, though, you know, I'm working with both of them. And the next morning, I can't remember where the handprints were, but his tan, the his back was just destroyed. <laughs> That's amazing. He had to completely redo the tan after that. I don't know what happened that night. The next morning, and team went to bed. Tan looked good. Next morning, there was handprints all over it. She got if I recall grabby. the story correctly, she was in the bathroom. She slipped and started to fall backwards. So she <laughs> grabbed onto him. And then he leaned back. So they kind of smudged down. That's why there were nail marks. Yes. Um, but he protected her head from hitting the ground. So it was I'm not going to say who that was. That. But she I appreciate pro. that. I appreciate that. She turned pro. And it was 2013. Yeah. And she was class A. Um, <laughs> I think she was class A, actually. Oh, no. jeez. <laughs> I'm helping Scott with his reputation of telling people's names. My bad. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. A yeah, I don't one. know. Morning, morning, tonight show. It just depends. Some people, I have them just like just have clean meals. Yeah, you know what I mean. A couple of small clean meals. Maybe they have a liter of water from morning show to night show, and I just tell them just like keep that water going in, keep the meals clean, not too much food. See where you look at, you know what I mean? And then other people, it's like, hey, you know, put a put put a, more food in. We got, you know, maybe 
maybe you think they're going to go to the overall and you're like, damn, that super was like not, you know, he's not as conditioned, but he's really full. So maybe, you know, you're going to be going up against this super. So there's a little bit of strategy sometimes for the overall, you know, maybe, maybe it looks like you got an easy class win, but you know what the overall is going to look like. So you might go, oh, let's push some food into you or that sort of thing. But um, for the most part, you know, you hopefully nailed it for the morning and you're trying to maintain that is ideally you know hopefully you didn't miss the morning and you're trying to fix things but um but you know it's it's just kind of staying calm and and keeping things like i have people watch their weight i have people watch their weight because the scale doesn't lie like if you look phenomenal at 213 and then you check your weight at four in the afternoon and you're still 213 i'm gonna be like oh you must still look pretty damn good because you were 213 this morning and you were on the button but if they check mm-hmm. the scale and they're like, oh, I'm 206 now, I might be like, oh, well, I have to have a look at you. Like, you know, what happened? Are you 206 and drier than drier than you can possibly imagine? Or are you 206 and you look flat? You know, like, yeah. where did that weight go? Have you been pissing all day and didn't realize it? Or, you know, like, there's, there's some things that have to be thought of. But you, for the most part, I think you're just trying to hold. You, you, you just reminded me of, of a myth that I have to point out, which is the idea that guys weigh in and then they carb load and just get drastically heavier. Mm. Yeah. I always laugh at that because when I step on scale, like for example, I mean, I had a drastic year where I dropped a bunch, but I would typically like the morning of prejudging on a two day show, let's say I weighed 240. By the next night finals, I'd be 230 something, 232. Like drier, like and drier and nastier, but I used to laugh because people are like, "Man, you carving up, man, filling out, getting heavy," and I'm like, "I'm eating a lot, and I'm absolutely lighter." Like I would consistently, once I started dropping weight from pulling the water, it would just keep going, Oof. and we yeah. would just make sure that the look was fine, like you said, Ron. But like, I would say the 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 answer to the question, if you're a good bodybuilder, of what you do between the night and the morning, it's relax. Yeah, put your feet up. Sleep. Like I used to literally, Chris would laugh, but he would come over, wake me up because I just, I'd go to sleep. He'd wake me up. I'd pose. He'd be like, all right, eat this and this and this. And then I'd be like, okay, I'd eat the meal. We'd chat for a little bit. And then I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And I'd go to bed. And then like three hours later, he'd come back in, knock on the door, wake up, pose. That was for five days straight. Yeah, I was so relaxed because I owned a business and it was the only time that I would ever completely ignore my business for five days. (laughs) All I wanted to do was sleep and wake up and have conversations with Chris and eat. I wouldn't even look at the pictures. He'd be like, you look nuts. You want to see? I'm like, eh, I'll see you later. (laughs) Before we got recording, we were talking about um, posing um, off stage when you're getting ready at North Americans. And that's where you turned pro. Do you remember that story? The, between the morning because to me they're all kind of a blur between the prejudging of the night show i don't have like very deep memories of those times but do you remember that at all because that had to be a really cool one well that was the the only difference was for that show it was 2014 and so like i was telling you scott the best lighting in the hotel this is where you advance as a bodybuilder when you first start you don't want anyone to see you Well, I found that the best lighting in the hotel was right in front of the elevator doors on the first floor. They're down a hallway and you got a hallway and there's like a little nook where the elevator is, you know, 
but that yeah. was the best light. So I was doing all of my pictures right there. Um, but I remember two things. Number one, uh, I did my quarter turn pictures first and I turned to the back and I hit the back quarter turn and, uh, everyone goes, Oh shit. And I'm like, what? And she's like, look, and I looked at the picture and I said, send that one to Chris and say, everyone's fucked <laughs> because I knew, I mean, it was like, it was just perfect. And then from that on, I knew that everything was on point. And then it was funny because prejudging and Ron, you know how this is North American stage is really small. So there were like, I don't know how many supers, but over 20. And so they call out the first four guys and I'm like behind people in, in line. And, uh, I hear Steve go, where's dusty. And finally they find my number and they call me. So I start walking out. I walk to the side cause you walk based on the order. Yeah. And before I got there, he goes, go to the middle. And I was like, Oh, we're done here. Like, so that, that separation between the two was just relaxing. And if anything, what stunk about it, I think Ron can understand this cause he did the same. So once I won, it wasn't exciting cause I already knew. And then you have years, four years of attempting to get a pro card and then you win. And I mean, I did not as many as Ron, but I mean, I did eight attempts to get a pro card. Yeah. And the first attempt was fifth. So it wasn't like I was, you know, the guy that was coming his way up. It took that long. And I remember at dinner, Jose was like, you don't seem that excited. I was like, it was kind of time for this to happen. And now I'm the worst professional bodybuilder in the world. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a, an interesting way of looking at it. But as far as the between shows, it was always the same. Just every few hours. That show, Chris didn't even come. So we were just sending pictures. But um, I think the biggest thing is you, you relax. Yeah. Anybody who's yeah. stressed is killing themselves. Like, stress cannot help you in bodybuilding. It yeah. can't. I had one where I didn't, it was like an hour and a half away from home state level show that I, I just went out there, checked in in the morning and then, uh, no, I checked in the night before and then got a hotel and then I had to check out of the hotel cause I wasn't going to stay there that night. So between the shows, like I had nowhere to go and you see that you see guys that just like hang out at the venue, they're laying on the floor and that was me that year. And I remember it was just me. Nobody came with me. And I went to my car and I like just drove off and I'm like, where can I go? And I found like a park. It was in the summer. So like I found some shade and I just like turned the AC on and set my seat back as far as I could and slept, you know, mm, yeah. ate food and slept and just relaxed. That was it. Kill I time. do have memories of that. You know, it, it, those are some of the best memories too of competing, you know, or like the, that the, the putting it all together or like, I mean, like, and like I said, I'm not the genetically gifted guy. Like, I'm I'm a state level competitor, but like, I went to Los Angeles, and I like a week out. I just I decided like I'm gonna I'm gonna go a week out to do this show in LA, see what it's like to compete there. And I signed up for the show and got an Airbnb like in Venice Beach, and then I got to go to Gold's, you know, before all everything closed down and all that. And, it was like, still awesome. Yeah, they had, they had, uh, I rented a car. They had like bicycles at the Airbnb so I could like ride to Gold's. Just spent the week doing that. Like Dave Calic came out for a day and hung out with me and we trained. And my friend Andrea Watson lived out there. So we like shot some video and stuff and, you know, got to meet a whole bunch of cool people backstage in Los Angeles. And it was just such a fun experience. I hope that people do more of that. You, like, and, and, and that's the thing too is like when I say that, like that I'm not a pro level guy. 
I can still have a heck of a time, like a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You can have a great mm-hmm. time competing. You don't have to be like, you know, well, should I be shooting for the Olympia this year? You know, am right. I going to make the, yeah. am I going to be an Olympia competitor? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What are we, we doing a, next, Dusty? We, well, I know we had hour? to go soon, but we did have another question here. Um, who then Dusty wrote it. It how is. You, how do you know that? Well, it's on your list. <laughs> Damn it. One reason. <laughs> Who is the cutest dog in the world and why is it Donna? <laughs> I just I wouldn't I don't say know that Harvey I necessarily feels. wrote that. Well, Harvey's a man's man, that's why. Oh, okay. He ain't trying right. to be cute. He he's man. You know, I had to bleep my own word there because I'm up two to one on freaking <laughs> Ron right now. I'm losing to Ron in the battles right now. You know, yeah, all the other words count, too. The A word, the S word, all those I only, count, too. But I, I had one S and two Fs. Ron has only had <laughs> one F the entire episode. I'm a little heated. I'm trying to get him round up. I'm going to say something. Maybe this will help. Well, obviously, Don is way cuter than Jed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. He still didn't swear. Dang it. <laughs> it's too early I'm for not, him. I'm not going to let you trigger me emotionally, Dusty. <laughs> I've been working on my triggering, and I'm not. I'm not going to react to this negatively. Uh, okay, that's good because I mean, flat landing is not like freestyle. Um, oh, he's oh. <laughs> coming oh, at me with like the nerd stuff. Everything yeah, I can come at with super nerd. Yeah. Well, I can't touch anything that also hurts me, so I'm like, ah, nope, nothing about anal. Can't say that. Okay. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like your. Uh, I did like your. Uh, is really that great in the grand scheme of things? Question. It didn't make the cut. Apparently, we didn't like have people time, need apparently. to know. Yeah, I need to, I, I mean, in yeah. your vast experience, because I feel like Ron might have something to say about this. He'll lead this off with, "Well, I don't really know a lot about it," and then he's gonna roll However, out a thirty-minute diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Put the effort into being prepared. That's all I'm going to say. That's true. That's a very <laughs> valid point. It's a valid point. It's a. It's yeah. Anything worth doing is worth doing correctly, Dusty, and clean. Um, right. <laughs> Here's one thing where the amount of effort put in directly affects the amount of enjoyment taken out. How's that? Let's go with I, it. I like this. I like, what, well, I like the way you're wording work. this all very clean. And, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot's exactly. being said without anything being said. This is phenomenal. Right under the radar yeah. of the AI. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I did have someone say, have you guys figured out this AI thing yet? Because I, I need you to return to full F-bombs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and, too. Yeah. I'm not That's sure exactly great. if we're going to ever get back to normal, uh, normal they, F-bombing. They've lightened up a little bit. It's the yeah. They've lightened up a little bit. But. Just as long as you don't pull out your uh, concealed carry. Oh yeah, no concealed carry. Nothing like okay. that. I wonder why there's a um, a sudden reason to push on that. Like I understand other things, but w- because as a company, like so, if people understand with YouTube, when obviously big companies might say like, if there's any swearing on this channel, I don't want my ad be put on their videos. Yeah. So obviously, if you're doing no swearing, no political talk, no nothing, your channel will monetize better. But to just like basically ban it across the board just because Ron has passion. 
You're banning yeah. passion right now. Banning <laughs> this passion. is fascist. And I feel like, you know, if, if Ron was not a straight Canadian man with light skin, we might have some traction to get on, you know, <laughs> some sort of attack against him. If he had, you know, he was missing a, something Dusty's between his hitting, legs. Dusty's hitting all the YouTube trigger points. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to set the bot off. He's throwing every single little cultural I'm going to cut the last 10 minutes. Right, right, right. <laughs> The oppression of Ron because he's a white male. Yeah, yeah. This is where he's heading. This is this is dusty. Oh, wait, no, you're privileged. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, I forgot yeah. which one we were. I love it. I Anyways, love now it. that I've ruined this episode, I'm gonna go get my hernia stabbed. There um, you go. Yeah, what's it, going on? Tell us real quick. You have an you have a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I have a hernia, but it's it's just a redone one. But I'm hoping one of two things is gonna happen. Either he's gonna schedule me for next week or he's just gonna cut it real quick. Hernias are not what they used to be. Like, he's like, oh, I might be able to do it in the office. Dang. And I was like, that would be awesome. And you're awake. So you just, like, chill and watch. So he would just slice his skin when what, sew the mesh back together? Is the mesh just broken or what? Yeah, I don't know if he'll take I mean, I assume he would take my mesh out and put it back in. But even the process of recovery is different. Um, but, but if he can get me in next week, I'm going to tell him to wait, even if he can do it today, because I want to go train legs with you. Um, oh, right. <clears throat> You know, I want to train legs. Right. You know, yeah. What's going on? Trip. What's going on here? Can you tell us about that? Or Ron? I'm going on a quick road trip to capture three episodes of Mutant on a Mission. Nice. So I'm flying to Vegas, and okay. I'm going to train in Dennis Wolf's backyard. Oh, his, his oh that's great, man! With Dennis Wolf, so I've got him all lined up. We're going to do some back. Okay. Dennis says he's got some cool pieces. And then I'm flying to Phoenix that night. And the next day I'm training with Dusty at the Muscle Factory. And I'm going to meet the owner there. Nice. He's going to yep. give me a tour of the gym. Dusty and I are going to have a workout. And, uh, and then I'm flying to Dallas. And I'm driving out to Longview, Texas to meet Mike, who owns Iron Asylum. And uh, giant I have warehouse. Like five of his shirts. Yeah, yeah. Giant warehouse gym. He's got everything. I'm going to fly out there. And I think we're training chest. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I think it's chest. Okay. And then I'm flying home on Sunday. Nice. So, that's a um, quick, that's a wild trip. You got a lot going on there. And I'm trying to fit in like Saturday night. Well, Saturday morning, I'm training with Mike at Longview, out in yeah. Longview. And then we're heading back to Dallas in the afternoon. So I'm going to be in Dallas for the evening because I don't fly out till Sunday morning. Yeah. So um, I talked to Michael from Gasp, you know, and he he invited me over to the house for like a barbecue. He wants to take me to see the new location of the gym and just like, you know, because I haven't been to the new one yet. Yeah. And nice. uh, he just he wants me to go hang out with uh, with him and the and the Gasp crew. So oh, cool. I'm hoping that that's possible Saturday evening. You know, like um, I know I'm going to be super tired from traveling and stuff, but hopefully there's there's some room for me to just kind of go visit Michael and uh, <clears throat> see the gasp crew and the new location and all that stuff. I'm not shooting there, but yeah, you know, yeah. in the future I could easily return to do an episode there and check it out. So yeah, it's going to be a great trip. That's awesome, man. That's a hell of a trip. That's a lot going yeah. on. He's on and tour. right now, right now, as we speak, Sean Clarita and uh, Andrea are at West coast iron shooting for mutant. No kidding. Yes. Wow. So, they're in town for the next three, four days getting content because they didn't come up with us when we were all up there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so um, I'm going to shoot down to the gym and make sure they're doing good and got everything they need. And 
you know, have some fun here. Just, you know, helping to helping mutant, you know, make sure uh, and uh, Drea and Sean have everything they need. So nice. a good week. Iron Bolt. Okay. That's all they need. Is that Iron it? Bolt. Are we wrapping? That's it. it. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dusty. Thanks, Scott. Thanks to you guys. Thanks for the listener questions. Remember that they get preference. Listener questions get, get preference. Hit the Patreon. Help out Think Big Bodybuilding Media. <clears throat> Hit up Mutant. I am Mutant.com. Remember our codes Dusty20 and BigRon20 for 20% off all Mutant products. The ISO Surge, the All In, the gear. Are you gear. on the gear? Right? I'm on gear. And uh, you got to be on the A lot gear. Of gear. A lot of gear. My <laughs> life changed when I went on the gear. I have both of my kids on the gear. I was just in Canada (laughs) over the weekend, and I I, (laughs) we went to a supplement shop, and I saw they had gear. They in Canada they carried gear at the supplement shop. Oh yeah, you bet a whole shelf of it. Oh yeah, a lot of gear. Big red shelf of gear. (laughs) Okay, get your gear. Screwed. You know. (laughs) See, it's see. I can say gear. Yeah, gear. That's true. Gear is gear is such a great word. Yeah. I also loved how Australians used it to refer to like a girl's underwear. Getting it in so a gear. Be like, Something like get that. Get your gear off. Yeah. No <laughs> way. Ah, get your gear off. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard of that. It's phenomenal. Well, maybe they were my older buddies. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, like, share, subscribe, comment. Yes. And ring the bell. Right there. Look at the timing. I hit it right when he there you go. did it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Great. Okay. We only have one episode this week because Dusty has uh, emergency medical procedures. <laughs> I do what I do. And, Anything for attention. And, and I'm traveling. So yes. we will see you next week. And uh, we have a guest next Monday, don't we? We're we working do. on that. Yeah. We're going to have. Okay. Uh, it'll be different, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. I'm super excited. It's going to be. Can we say it's ah, ah, ah. We're having a true goat. Yeah, that's Fact. true. Well, we can say who it is. He's going to be here. So, well, yeah. we can build some suspense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. let's leave. Let's it see who people think it's going to be. He's he's a he's a goat, like a greatest of all time. He might not be a bodybuilder, though. I want to throw that in right. there because they're like, holy crap, right. they're getting Ronnie. Right, you know they're what I mean? thinking Ronnie. I still can't believe Ronnie. Right. I still can't believe that, you know, we got a professional football player to come on. I mean, Tom Brady, that's wild. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> it's not Tom Brady, guys. It's not Tom Brady. Is it Michael Jordan? <laughs> Could be. Could be. That's a little hit against LeBron, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that I agree with. Um, okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. Bodybuilding.